Welcome to the Bull Rush. This is episode 27. I am Scott Fish. I'm joined tonight by Ty Miller. Say hello, Ty. Hello, Scott. <laughs> and Dynasty Frank. What's up, gentlemen? And tonight we also have a special guest, Mr. Peter Overzet of Fantasy Football Comedy Hour and uh, the new podcast from Rotoviz Fantasyland. How you doing, Pete? Doing good, guys. Uh, excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining us, man. This is going to be awesome. Yeah, dude, you guys seem to have a, a comfy vibe. I'm excited to slide right in, right into that comfiness. Yeah, it's because oh. we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> we, just, we just go. Why do you think we're doing a joint listener league? Because that's a, a prevailing theme between our two podcasts, that neither of us know what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> just press record and speak. And people seem to really enjoy it. They 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 like the laid back, uh, lackadaisical feel. So uh, we must be doing something right. 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 Yeah. Well, on tonight's episode, we are we're going to talk about. Uh, so we're going to feature some players that we would like to trade away or or possibly trade for before the draft. Uh, because maybe the draft is going to seriously change their value, or maybe not. Um, basically, look at some players that it's a last chance to buy or sell before a possible value change. Uh, but before we get to that, I want to say congratulations to our good friend Dan Sanio, uh, writer for DLF, on the birth of his new son, uh, Scott Thomas Fish Sanio, I believe is the <laughs> name he gave him. So, what an honor. Yeah, I know. No, seriously, though, uh, congrats to Dan and his wife and their new son, Roman. Uh, that's very, very awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Absolutely, Dan. Congratulations. Congrats. Actually, Roman is the second. This is the second time I heard Roman besides Roman Polanski. You know, not saying anything there, Dan. <laughs> I'm just saying. And Ty, nephew... let's edit that part out. <laughs> All right. No, I'm saying my nephew My nephew is also named Roman, and I dug that. I dig that name, man. That's a, that's a really cool name. Oh, get nice save there. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, let's uh, let's start just let's start out talking to Pete a little bit before we get into those players, though. Uh, Pete, uh, you uh, you're one of the hosts of Fantasy Football Comedy Hour and Fantasyland. Uh, what gave you the idea for Fantasy Football Comedy Hour? Did you were you just you four guys were just sitting around and you decided what the hell? Let's make a run at this. Yeah, no, it was kind of like a, a rom-com. We were all, like, carrying bags of groceries and all ran into each other in the grocery store and everything went everywhere, and we kind of slowly looked up and, and locked eyes. <laughs> started playing. No, uh, we actually all did uh, improv comedy here in Boston together, and the, uh, the show actually started as a live show. Um, you can kind of submit different things and they'll put up different shows at the theater and we we're like what would a, a fantasy football themed comedy show look like and then uh, after doing a few of those we were like only five people are coming to see these maybe it would be fun to put it online and have seven people hear it instead Ooh, you have your show also has seven listeners yeah it's crazy if, yeah i told you we had a lot in common yeah wow yeah that's, that's uh, my mother uh, I'm so envious of people like you, like you guys that can get up in front of crowds and just do improv like that. And and you brought it to the show, which uh, which is good and funny. Well, I appreciate that. No, and uh, you guys you guys have been big supporters. We appreciate that. We're uh, we're just riding on your big coattails. And if you could send kind of your uh, ESPN and NFL guests, you guys have been getting on down our way. We'd appreciate that. <laughs> we'll we pay we pay a we pay a lot of money for those guests, Peter. Yeah. 
Yeah. So they have a FundMe account that takes care of that. <laughs> but you guys got a player. You got yeah. an NFL prospect here, right? Uh, just heard him recently with an interview, right? Mort Sporinger? Yeah, man. I mean, he's uh, he really took the, uh, the Twitterverse by storm there with his insane measurables, and it's like... I felt like a lot of the podcast, you know, universe was sleeping on getting him for an interview, and we just hustled, you know, really working the channels and got him on. So it's like you guys were all asleep at the wheel. You could have had that, and Daniel Jeremiah actually had our sloppy seconds with Moritzer uh, <laughs> a little later. But uh, yeah, we got there first, and uh, yeah, you got to check that out. He sounded like he must have been sober for the interview with Matt, <laughs> as opposed to one of you guys, because <laughs> man, he was he was off the rails. Yeah, I mean, that's just kind of, we like to make our guests feel uh, welcome, and I think it puts them at ease, and they feel like, you know, turning into small Japanese women in the case of our Morris interview. <laughs> he was definitely comfortable. comfortable. I want to I get into Fantasyland, because uh, you're only two episodes in. I really like the Spreadsheets one. I just listened to the girls one this morning. But before that, what, what four characters uh, from the league would you describe your, your four uh, co-hosts there from Fantasy Football Comedy Hour? Would you be Rafi? I'm assuming no. you're Rafi, right? <laughs> No, I, I see. I don't think I am. This is. I'm just um, kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, wow. Do I really give off that vibe? Uh, yeah. As I pull out a hot dog out of my pocket, well, you nailed me. Um, well, first off, let me just say that if anyone's not familiar with our show, they're gonna find me comparing uh, our other co-hosts to be riveting. I'm sure, but I promise, if you go back and listen to like our 30 plus episodes, you will be like, wow, these analogies are spot on. I will say Jeff, he's our he's our level-headed guy. He's the one who brings us into the show. He's our Pete Eckhart, I think, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. He's kind of our voice of reason. And, uh, you know, like Eckhart, he's also a single eligible bachelor who kind of keeps his uh, dating life on the DL. So I think there's a lot of similarities there. Mm. But, yeah, I'll, I'll give you some Rafi here. So Brian... Uh, Donnelly, he he's a mixture, like a perfect match mashup of Ruxin and Rafi. Whoa, like, yeah. that sounds terrible. Oh, I know. Because <laughs> he has like this manic side to him, where like you know, we just discovered the other day, we did a dynasty startup uh, less than a year ago, and there's only one player on his roster from that dynasty startup. <laughs> <laughs> like what? he. He literally, I get, I get a message from a friend the other day, and he goes, "Hey, I just, uh, Brian's trying to get Ryan Matthews from me," and I was like, "Oh, interesting." And I scroll and I see Rotoviz had just put out an article about Ryan Matthews, and that's like what he did. He just like reads something. And he's like, "I'm gonna do that." <laughs> now, now that you're with Rotoviz, uh, you know, in conjunction with Rotoviz doing the Fantasyland podcast, are you gonna try to get them to post articles just to help your trades with Brian? You should please get them to 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 post trade Odell Beckham Jr. Please. Yeah, like, there, you know, that would it, be fantastic. I try to get Matt Harmon to try to write something how Odell Beckham Jr.'s reception perception was horrible, but uh, <laughs> it didn't work out. I know. It's funny. This is a little scoop from uh, the third episode of Fantasy Land. It's all about uh, Roto World. And when I was talking to Silva about the show, he was talking about that, about how the site has gotten so big that people use it to make contrarian picks based off of their recommendations and stuff, which is crazy to think of a site getting big enough to influence things like that. Yeah, that's great. The Silva bump, too. Just just him tweeting does that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll wrap this up. Uh, the, the Mike, this one's so easy. He's taco 100%. <laughs> like, instead of being, like, super stoned all the time, Mike's just like an old man that's slowly losing his mental faculties. 
Well, it's good that he's a new dad, so that that's good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And but like kind of how Taco though is on the down low a savant. Like Mike's a savant too. He won our league. He like accidentally did zero RB in one. Like, it's just <laughs> he's the uh, guy that ends up with Buck Allen and Devonta Freeman on. <laughs> exactly. And he's like, oh, I had just accidentally unchecked the RBs in the Yahoo app, so they weren't showing up. So I. Didn't know. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Actually, I think I just made that up, but it seems <laughs> right. Anyways, Jeff, Brian, and Mike, I, I love you all, and uh, it's uh, those those comparisons are all in love. Nice. <laughs> well, let, let's talk about Fantasyland for for a few here. That's uh, that's your new show. It's with Rotoviz. <clears throat> it's on Rotoviz Radio, I suppose. Technically, is that what it is? Yeah, I think they're they're throwing them up there on that channel for now, and then we you know we have a separate feed for just the Fantasyland shows. But yeah, you can get them both ways. Yeah, I I personally do have it on the Fantasyland feed. That's how I download it. Um, so like I mentioned before, you did spreadsheet episode, which is the first one, which I really liked. It's something I never would have considered listening to on a fantasy podcast. I gotta be honest, me too. I would have never thought, I'm like, alright, spreadsheets. Um, I, I guess I could take a nap if it was anybody else. Any any other podcast, but I listened to it and I'm like, great information, great ideas. Like, I heard I forgot who it was, excuse me, the, somebody uh, made a home league, a spreadsheet on their home leagues and see how lucky some of them got and I'm, I'm dying <laughs> to do this. I'm dying to do this because let me tell you something. The only reason why I do not win my home league is because they get lucky. Every time, scumbags carp, carp, carp at carp57. Are you listening to me? You got lucky. Right? I like the personal call-outs on the show. I was just going to say, this show is so like inside baseball and inside baseball for just like five of us. <laughs> Oh man! No, yeah, it was. Uh, I was the same way too. And uh, but uh, you know, fantasy douche. He's a he's a mastermind. He knew that uh, there was some good stuff to be had there with the spreadsheets. But yeah, that was Heath Cummings with the the luck spreadsheet. And it yeah, it literally started from that exact place of emotion that you were describing, Frank, of being so upset and jealous of other people's <laughs> luck that he's like, I'm gonna quantify this in a spreadsheet. Upset? Yes. Jealous? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't okay. think mm, so. Right. Yeah. Uh, Frank, if you can't, we're, we're, I see him in the Google Hangouts. He's like quite literally peacocking right now. As <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is my jacket. This is just the jacket I wear. <laughs> the girls episode that dropped this morning. Uh, b- both this episode and the Roto World episode, you have tons of crazy good guests from uh, Renee Miller to the Her Fantasy Girls to uh, Matthew Berry, I believe, is on the next one. So is Evan Silva. Uh, how much are you paying these guys? Because I know we pay a lot of money for our guys. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, man. Uh, you know what? It, it all just comes out of my paycheck, and I just kind of don't ask questions. I actually owe uh, Fantasy Douche like $5,000 now that I think about it. Um, so I, I'll have to get our accounting uh, straightened out. But, you know, if if there's one thing you can kind of justify to your wife and family for going in debt for, it's um, getting really good podcast guests. <laughs> yes. But by, by the way, how did that uh, talking your wife into a threesome thing work out for you last week, there, Frank? No, it didn't work out too well. Oh. I tried, it didn't work out that's, well. That's too bad. No, yeah, I was gonna say I, I didn't see any tweets to Josh Doxson, so I figured that. I just want to say today I released an episode all about strong, empowered women making individual choices, and I'm uh, disassociating myself with this comment about Frank and his threesome, which devalues and objectifies women. 
Um, what? <laughs> right, but what if she was down you. for it? Yeah, what if she was okay with it? Yeah, what if she what? was asking for it? Oh, what? I uh, I just changed my position. I'm also, you know, super sex positive and uh, gender <laughs> fluid. So, like, I think that's a great thing and free love, everything, man. But she wasn't down for it, Peter, so now you just offended my wife, folks. Oh, so. my goodness. I changed oh. my position. It should definitely be consensual. So I was listening to the... Um, the girls' podcast on Fantasyland, and they had—I heard—a great little wrinkle that they have in their in their rules, I guess, the drafting rules that they cannot draft uh, any players that were found guilty of domestic violence. Yeah, so that was uh, Kat Gotzik from Pro, Bro Jackson uh, helped co-produce and co-host that episode, and yeah, that was from her league, and they she said that they used the USA Today. Um, like database, and I guess right. it is just anyone who uh, you know has been charged for any you know misdemeanors or anything that's been booked uh, at a courthouse, I suppose. But seriously, I really dig the Fantasyland, the format, and just the way it sounds. It doesn't sound like a normal fantasy podcast. It yeah, sounds it's... like those. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of the word. Those uh... professional. <laughs> Yes, yes, that's the word. It sounds professional, well, it's just well-produced, well-edited, well-run. I'm really digging the, I really dug the first two episodes. Thanks, man, I appreciate that. Yeah, that's definitely what we're going for. I mean, maybe what you're fishing for, like, kind of the NPR style. Exactly, yes, uh, exactly. Yeah, no, that's definitely kind of the goal. And, yeah, I mean, there are so many good fantasy podcasts, you know, you know, pure content-wise, but it's, it's fun to kind of see how much you can do um, with audio and stuff, with just a little bit of music and uh, some paying closer attention to the flow and the clips and stuff, you can get a lot of mileage out of it. So that's uh, it's like putting a, a puzzle together uh, when we make the episode. So it's pretty fun. I enjoy it. How long does it take you guys to do that? It seems oh. like it would take a, a few days or hours spent editing that and, and getting the script. I'm, I'm assuming it's scripted. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's pretty scripted and plotted out. It's, uh, you know, luckily... Right. Uh, I don't know if you guys know Patrick Corain. Uh, he writes for Rotoviz yes. and uh, is doing the Rotoviz radio podcast now. But he's come on now as an associate producer, and he's like a wizard uh, with the editing. So he's been helping out now a lot with getting the clips all squared away and, and getting the sound levels good. So we kind of have an assembly line now. Um, and also Matt Friedman and, and Fantasy Douche as producers, and, and they're so good at kind of shaping the episodes and, and pushing us in good direction. So, yeah, it's... Uh, it's a team effort, that's for sure. Yeah, well, it's working. Awesome, guys. I uh, I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, it's fun, uh, you know, with the Fantasy Football Comedy Hour and you guys, it's it's fun to, to mess around with it and uh, and do some bits and stuff as opposed to the just press start talk and uh, and end record. Well, right. you know, I mean, that was something. When we started this, it was, that was our main goal was the vibe of just some guys either sitting at a bar, just kind of hanging out, just talking football. We wanted to bring some information, but you know, more than anything, it has to be entertaining, uh, especially in the off season, because everybody's talking about the same stuff. If right. rookies and and you know, like what you're you, what you just did, like you focused on the the creator of the spreadsheet and the, the and you focused on the ladies in the industry. Uh, you know, I, I I feel and and I know Frank and Scott would agree that what we're going for is is just topics. You know, more than more than like the the fantasy relevant information of the day. All right, so right now we are going to go on to players we want to trade away before the NFL draft. And so we're wondering, Peter, who is it that you're wanting to trade away before the NFL draft? Yeah, so 
I, again, like I said, I am not a, a fantasy analyst, so all I will do is talk from uh, first-hand experience, and I'll tell you guys a trade I did uh, because I'm not too hot on this guy, and I'll be curious uh, what you guys think. I, I shipped away Lamar Miller uh, for a 2017 first and second, and uh, it's, it's projected fairly high. I know people say, how can you do that? But the guy has no 2016 picks, and his roster is uh, pretty over the hill. So what do you think? Horrible. Absolutely atrocious, Peter. No, no. <laughs> um, I kind of dig it, even though I do love Lamar Miller. Um, we all know my, my love for Lamar Miller, but I traded him away as well. Ooh. I traded him away for Carlos Williams and I think a 2017 second. So okay. I would definitely take a 2017 first and a second mm -hmm. for a team without any picks and pretty over the hill, it seems. Like you said, you can't project what these 2017 picks are going to be, but uh, I kind of dig it. I'm yeah, digging it. my thing, I, I like Lamar Miller. I, I drafted him in my startup, you know, three or four years ago when I did it, and I like him, but I'm still not convinced that, I mean, what happens if the Texans draft like a CJ Procise? Like, is that off the table if they decide they want to bring in a really good passing back and then Lamar's back to his two-down stuff? Like, at that point, then I think you're getting pretty good value on a, a 2017 first. If and I just think that's in the range of outcomes. Yep, definitely, definitely. Plus, it's also in the range of outcomes that he's not that good with a lot of carries. Yeah. You're no. uh, uh -oh. just trying to piss off Frank now. <laughs> yes, yes. This is what this is what this podcast has come down to. <laughs> no, the other thing that just scared me, and I know this is more just like playing the probabilities, but I listened to a, a Chris Harris podcast earlier this offseason where he was talking about like the historical hit rates of players who change position in free agency and just how uh, it doesn't paint a rosy picture. Um, so I got a little uh, nervousness of just uh, just the blanket new scenery not uh, not being beneficial. Yeah, I think what you said about somebody them bringing in a maybe a receiving type back is is definitely on the table uh, because they have who Alfred Blue, who's, they got Jonathan Grimes. Yeah, uh, Jonathan Chris Grimes, Polk. Chris Polk. Yeah, see Chris Polk. I mean, he's more of a receiving type back to me, and so is Jonathan Grimes. So uh, I don't know. I, I think that's definitely a possibility that they would bring in someone else. I mean. I like Lamar Miller, but I could totally see moving him for that package, like I said earlier. Yeah, I, I think it's fair, you know. I think it just all boils down to I hate running backs, and I get so scared when I have one that, like, inches up in value that high, and I'm like, the, the shoe, the other shoe's going to drop, or the floor is just going to fall out, and I'm like, just get it off my hands. Yeah. Well, Scott made an, a point in another podcast that he had, what, four offensive coordinators or three offensive coordinators and head coaches, and not one of them wanted to give him the rock. Like, every single one of them found the reason. And I thought Dan Campbell uh, said that he liked Jay Ajayi better. So, like, there's something... Well, that, there's a reason. It's because Jay Ajayi is actually better. That's probably <laughs> the main reason that... Uh, Campbell, let's oh, let's you, move on. We got let's get this let's get this rolling. Who do you yes. got? Uh, Ty. Let's go, Ty. All right, I'm going with Michael Floyd. Okay, and this may be unpopular. I don't know, but when I'm looking at the April ADP on startups for DLF, he's at wide receiver 30, which I don't think that's terrible. I think that's that's probably fair. Uh, but he is entering the final year of his deal with Arizona. Uh, it's fully guaranteed, so you know nothing's going to happen here. But let's let's use a little speculation. Assume he leaves the Cardinals after 2016 and decides to chase some money to a less than ideal situation. For my purposes, let's just say he goes to the Titans, 
who don't offer Kendall Wright an extension this year, and Rashard Matthews doesn't work out as a potential Wright replacement. Now, Tennessee has a lot of cap space, which everybody keeps talking about now that Josh Norman's a, a free agent also, and perhaps they would pay his asking price. Now, do you think Michael Floyd's value would bump up or slide down because of a move like that? I think it would almost certainly take a hit. Mm, I don't know. If, if he goes to Tennessee and has Surf Goat passing to him, that's, <laughs> that's a nice, Drink. Uh, nice, nice wink there. Um, right, so, yeah. It's funny because now that you say that the description you just played out, he's almost like the Lamar Miller of wide receivers, right? Like really good pedigree, has flashed, has kind of, you know, he's played, you know, second fiddle to other guys in the past game, and then you wonder what would it look like if he could be the number one undisputed target. You'd almost be in the Lamar Miller to uh, Texans territory. Yeah, and you could trade him off, I guess, at that point. But, see, I'm, I'm a DGB believer. So if he goes to Tennessee, I, I, I still think that DGB could be the number one there. But uh, let's go at it from a different angle, okay? He'll be 27 in November. So come next offseason, you'll have people using his age against him, or at the very least, a few teams in your league will probably take themselves out of the running uh, just because they want to focus on gathering young talent. I put that in quotes just because, uh, you know, there, there's always yeah. those, the few teams on there that always say that. <laughs> yeah, because 24 is old, you know? As right, soon, exactly. The 24 is that age apex that as soon as they reach 24, 25, get rid of them. Every, every every league has Michael Floyd guys and anti-Michael Floyd guys, so I, right. think, I think trades are easily made with Michael Floyd. I, I think I see him moved way more than a lot of other players. Right. Yeah, I don't think being 27 or 28 means he's old, but you know how weird dynasty folks get when, well, when they start talking about a player in his late 20s. Two years from retirement. That's right. Damn it, <laughs> yeah. Calvin. All right, Frank, who do you got? Thomas Rolls, next. Shut it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think Thomas Rolls, um, I think his value is going to seriously take a hit if Seattle drafts a running back, and they're most likely going to draft a running back. He was, yes, he went nuts last year on a couple of games, especially week 11 against San Francisco. He went berserk. But he was undrafted. They have Christy Michael DeGoat drink. And they're definitely going to draft a running back. Now, I, I I know Pete Carroll doesn't go into that draft capital type of thing or that mentality. Whoever plays better is going to start, and that's just the way it is. But if they get, let's say, I don't know, a Derrick Henry falls to them, or they just happen to pick up a Derrick Henry or a, a Booker. <laughs> a Derrick Henry or a Derrick Henry. Uh, or a Booker, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean. Uh, he could definitely cut into to Thomas Rolls, and he would take, in my opinion, a major hit if and when they do draft a running back. Well, yeah, if if that happens, they would take a major hit. Uh, but you, you're forgetting they got Christine Michael. They don't need a backup running back. That's true. That's true. I did say I didn't mention him, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, no, no. I think they could draft a back, but honestly, I think uh, Rawls has proven enough, and I think. Rawls can outplay whoever comes in at least right away. So I'm not with you on that one, but you know what? He's currently going, what, RB7, 8, something like that in Dynasty? Top 10 anyway. Uh, so the trade value you can get from him from certain teams in your league, probably probably worth looking into. Um, right. I put Jeremy Langford down just because I don't think he's that good. I, I watched the Bears some last year, and I just didn't think he was that good. I thought I thought did, he did make some plays, but I don't think he's an every-down runner. 
I don't think Kadeem carries the answer either. Uh, I think they're going to draft someone, and I think that that someone is probably going to be better than Langford or Carey. And even at the end of the season, Langford split carries uh, a lot of the time. He he was getting 10-11 touches, 10-11 rushes a game. You know, the last what six seven games. Uh, he did have those two games. Uh, I believe when both Forte and Carey were down, uh, that he had like 18, 20 carries. But outside of that, he was he was sharing last year, and I don't think he's a starting running back in the NFL. So I, I would try to trade him to someone who thinks that he might be. Well, they were actually trying to get C.J. Anderson in there uh, before he decided to go back to Denver. He had said if it was all about the money, he would have gone to Chicago. So obviously they aren't completely sold, or maybe they, they feel like they have a, a spot to fill there. Uh, here's a here's a question for you guys because I I'm terrified about a lot of these guys too Rawls Langford thinking about the draft and then you keep saying you know they could draft someone, but then I keep realizing what it's it's Zeke it's Henry, Procise Dixon but like how many running backs coming in are better than Rawls and Lang Langford where it would be an issue for them to beat them out? Uh, there's like about three or four better than Rawls and about forty five better than Langford. <laughs> <laughs> No bias, right? That's, that's a fact. That's mad. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just, no, you're, you're absolutely right. It's the stupid if, if and situation, you know, the, the stupid you, you want to say if for every player, but it's really only going to affect a few of them. You just hope that that, uh, that wheel doesn't land on the wrong guy. Yeah, the, this year's Trey Mason, where just the bomb explodes in the, in the backfield of value there. Exactly, 100%. Exactly. Okay, this is what's becoming some of uh, our listeners' favorite segment, and this is the Margosian Minute. So Mike dealt with some um, some goats, and I hear he made it back from Germany after uh, last episode. Thanks, guys. Mike here in the year 33 AD, sharing a meal with 13 of my favorite friends at what I heard might be someone's last dinner. Jesus Christ. Yes. Anyways, even back in this time, we had to worry about bye weeks. So this week's tip is a simple one. Now that the schedule is out, take a look at the bye weeks. Obviously, make sure if you have just two quarterbacks, tight ends, or defenses, they don't have the same bye week, which would result in a zero for that week. Oh, I hope they didn't invite Judas. Ah, shit. Hi, Judas. Hello. How are you? You can do some research on how the schedules line up and see if you can find some complementary schedules where one has a hard matchup, the other might have an easy one, and vice versa. This can be especially helpful for defenses, as you can somewhat predict which will be the tough matchups and which will be the easy matchups. Judas, it's pasta sauce, not gravy. Who invited this guy? Good luck. Be careful about keeping your friends close. Looking at you there, Frank. And remember to double-check those bye weeks back in the 21st century. So, so let's get this straight. Mike is hanging out with ISIS, German porn stars, and now he goes back in time and hangs out with uh, Jesus. Is that oh. what we got? Is that really? Is yeah. that what he's doing? It's impressive where where those uh, best ball credentials will get you. Yeah. How does he even play from then? That's crazy. MFL isn't even going to be around for. <laughs> they play with goats. He's got a thing for goats. It's obvious. I mean, goats were huge back in the. Uh, what was it, 33? Okay, so we just told you who we would trade away before the NFL draft. And uh, so on the flip side, there's players we want to trade for because we feel like their uh, their value might change here a little bit. Peter, who's who? Are, who's the guy you're trading for? 
Yeah, so a guy I just traded for in one of my dynasty leagues is uh, Duke Johnson, kind of on the other side of the coin of being afraid of running backs who you know might you know feel the impact of another running back being drafted. I feel like Duke is kind of immune. I mean, if he's not immune to the Browns stink, he's at least immune to uh, not having someone take away the passing down work for him. So I feel like that's a pretty uh, high floor, and I feel pretty comfortable uh, with him. Yeah. Yeah, he had what like 60 catches last year especially in PPR leagues, man. If the, if Cleveland does not draft anyone, I mean, who do they wa- have like Gary Barnage and Duke Johnson and I I mean, yeah. No. <laughs> no yeah he, he could be a pretty nice option for them. For sure. I traded a uh, Dorset in a third for him. Did I give up too much? <sighs> I'm some, a Dorset some would fan, say Dor- but, yeah, um, some would say Dorset. Uh I don't I don't think so. Because I'm a I'm a Moncrief guy, so yeah, I think Dorsett's gonna sit there and watch him. I I think yeah, I think the the problem is too many too many uh, people in in Indy. So I think that 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 is pretty okay value. I'm a Dorsett fan, but yeah, I'd I'd probably take the Duke side. I think uh, I think he he'll, he'll be a nice flex play in PPR leagues. Cool, cool. So Frank, who you got? Who you want to trade for? All right, I want to trade for Jordy Nelson. He's old. He's cheap, <laughs> right? Hey, listen, if you're I like Jordy. I love Jordy Nelson, but he's 30 years old. He might retire tomorrow. Mm. He might break a hip, right? Everybody hates old wide receivers. He's cheap right now. If you're a contender, you throw out a second rounder or a leap first for Jordy Nelson, I, I'm pretty sure somebody's going to jump on that, especially if they're rebuilding or they have that age um, – Bias. Let's just put it that way. Um, some certain different sites have different grades on him. Like Rotoviz has him like at a 102, like graded out at the at the second overall uh, rookie. I wouldn't trade the second overall rookie. But DTC has him at uh, what the, what the 104 or the 105. That's when things get a little. If you're a contender and you have the 105 or 106, let's just say, I think you'd think pretty hard about trading that for Jordy Nelson because when Jordy Nelson plays. He's a beast. Right. Yeah, it just depends on team build and, and probably right. contendership or not. Of course. If you're rebuilding, then you know you want to get rid of Jordy Nelson. Cause... It really depends on the owner, too. I mean, there are a lot of Jordy Nelson owners that sat there with him all year, and they're not going to want to have have taken that hit and then not uh, not get to see some benefits this year. Frank. Right, but let's say they had, let's say they had Flash Gordon – uh, Martavis Bryant, Calvin Johnson, and Jordy Nelson on their team. <laughs> Jordy Nelson's the only player that they have on their team. They're quitting. Uh, <laughs> Frank, Frank, I'm going to just offer up a, a two-word rebuttal to everything you just said, if you don't mind. I, I think I know the rebuttal, but go ahead. Jeff Janis. There you go. Uh, go drink. Very good. What I like that we time? drink. I think I like that we drink to that, and it's non-alcoholic every time. There's no point in it. We still do. You gotta speak for yourself, Scott. Yes. Ty is sauced up right now. He has no idea what's going on. <laughs> All right, Scott. Who's your guy? JJI, because he's like the running back version of Jeff Janis, only like amazing and the best player ever that came out of Boise State two years ago. <laughs> And he might actually get chances to play this year. <laughs> I, I love JHI so much. Man, 
he <laughs> in college he was such a reception beast, which he you know he hasn't really been in the pros. But I think with Adam Gase, who made C.J. Anderson awesome, and they didn't get C.J. Anderson or any of the other. 20 backs that they tried to get. If if they can somehow escape the first round without drafting Zeke, you know, I mean, this is a guy who scored like 400 touchdowns in college. No, it was like, I think it was like 30, 32, 33 a senior year or something like that. Um, That's nuts. And, yeah, and uh, he, he's just he's just a beast. You, there's a bunch of runs you can look up from last year that he, I mean, his averages weren't great, but it's in there. It, it, that was that was him as a rookie. He'll he'll uh, he'll get better. <laughs> I yeah, love like the third running back coming out. Oh, I he was my second ranked running back coming out uh, prior to the knee uh, revelations. Right. Yeah, so. Wow, this is a very biblical episode right now. <laughs> revelations. <laughs> oh. The genesis of my theory started. <laughs> Hey, hey, Ty. Uh, so, Ty, who's your who's your guy? Is it someone that you're you want to trade for because you think he'll be making an exodus? <laughs> uh, ironically, yes. Uh, my guy. Is I call that Bishop Sankey. Bishop. Right? Okay, so oh, everybody Bishop. just stopped the podcast. Right? They just turned it off. All right. All right. So, so hear Gosh. me. Out. Hear me out. Hear me out. All right, so the reason I'm targeting Sankey now is due to the DeMarco Murray acquisition and they, the Titans gave Antonio Andrews a one-year deal, which, in my eyes, makes Sankey expendable. Okay, mm-hmm. Now, he's the RB80 going in the late 19th round in, in Dynasty startup drafts as far as the April ADP shows. And uh, I'll be honest, I think he got a shitty deal in Tennessee, mainly due to Ken Wisenhunt, and I still believe he can be a contributor. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I just can't let it go. Uh, but looking at, at uh, Spotrack.com, Tennessee can save uh, you know $1.5 million in cap space over the next two seasons by cutting him loose. So I definitely think that's an option that they'll consider. Um, I think Sankey is very quick, and he can catch. I know Wisenhunt was on him about his footwork, but... Wizenhunt also got fired, so screw that guy. Uh, <laughs> I don't hey, think he had work. two wins for you. Show some respect. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, he 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 did end up actually hooking us up. You know, uh, yeah. So I don't think that Sankey's a workhorse type, but neither is Theoretic, uh, Dion Lewis, Gio Bernard, uh, and look at like last year, Danny Woodhead. Uh, all those guys were very fantasy relevant without getting twenty plus touches a game. And I, I think that, that Sankey can easily fit into that 12-touch receiving back, you know, catching maybe three or four balls a game and average 10 fantasy points a game if he can find himself in a different backfield. So I'm not saying I just absolutely love him. It's kind of like Kaepernick, what I said uh, uh, an episode or two ago, where I'm, I'm really hoping that they can change teams. <laughs> right. And that'll, I think that would give him a boost. And he's yeah. cheap as dirt. Yeah, for the for the price of free, yeah, I, I can see that. It really all boils down to Bishop not being exotic enough for exotic Smash Mouth, right, Ty? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Peter kind of informed me that he had a, a, something he wanted to do very special on our show. So I'm going to let you take it, Peter. Yeah, no, I mean... It it almost it's hard for me to admit to this because I just consider myself kind of like a stand up guy. But um, I actually was hanging out with Scott um, the other day, and like our phones got mixed up, and like I felt so bad about it. I know like Scott trusts me and stuff, but 
I did go through and kind of download his schedule. I just feel like he's been dishing it out a lot, and I thought, Son I want to see what's on his schedule, you know, so. It was, did I go too far in... in Absolutely in, not. Nope. Right. Nope. This is perfect. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear God. I'll also say it's uh, really interesting. For whatever reason, the Siri was, like, a little different. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, he has a weird schedule app. But, um, yeah, we'll just uh, we'll play it here, and you guys can see what I discovered. All right. Here we go. 5.30 a.m. Wake up. Go into the kitchen. Leave kitchen. When you remember you don't like food. SS <laughs> <laughs> padding on the Scott Fishbowl website. 7 a.m. Write a tweet vaguely referencing a new league that might be forming. <laughs> on Twitter, if they are interested in joining said league. 9.42 a.m. Ask those same people to email about the league instead. 12 p.m. Drive to Blair Walsh's house. Stand at his front yard with a boombox on your shoulder. <laughs> Ask people on Twitter if you should delete the Scott Fishbowl Twitter account. 3.05 p.m. Tweet out important details from the Scott Fishbowl Twitter account. 5.30 p.m. Throw a jar of pickles on the ground. 5.35 p.m. Write an email with a smiley or winky face at the end. 6.30 p.m. Oh no Siri not working. Too much porn. Too many convoluted dynasty <laughs> settings. Too much porn. Prepare for self-implosion. <laughs> Scott, not only did I steal your phone, but it, it just blew up on me there. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. That might have been the most accurate schedule I've ever that heard. That was perfect. <laughs> I can't even count the number of times I, I tweet out about a new, about a new like, best ball league I'm going to do. Uh, and then I'm like, no, 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 don't tweet me. Here's my email. <laughs> oh, my God. That is so true. Go to the uh, kitchen and realize you don't like food. Or remember, you don't like food. <laughs> So do we want to play uh, a little round of uh, Does Scott Eat That? Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Do I like or have I ever eaten Cool Whip? No. I'm saying no. Yeah, I'm saying no from now on, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, he hasn't eaten that. <laughs> Scott, what's that? Is that Cool Whip on your nose right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, that is not Cool Whip, and you know that. That's cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm with you. I don't like Cool Whip either. I feel like that would be easy to avoid for a lifetime. I'm going to say yes. This is actually pretty interesting. Not a huge fan of Cool Whip, but I love it frozen. Uh, so I, that's a yes, I, right? I, that's a yes, yes. I, I eat it. I You put it in the freezer, you take it out, you eat it like ice cream. Oh. <laughs> you like ice cream? Oh, I do like ice cream on occasion, yeah. yeah. On occasion. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. walk into an ice cream store and they got like all these nice flavors and you're like, hey, you don't happen to have any uh, old Cool Whip in the back in the freezer. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, throw it in a waffle cone. I'll be all set. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious if I did that. No, I, I like ice cream okay, but uh, Cool Whip, it, it, it's, it's much lower calories. It's like almost no calories. So. Stop. Stop. <laughs> my, my giant... 220 pound frame. I need to. I need to lose weight from time to time. Dude, you, know, you need I, to hold on before you go on here. I hope everybody saw that tweet 
that you sent out with the picture of you in the oh, like, tight '80s shirt. You need to find oh, that dude. shirt and do it again right now. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm going to periscope that in three in the morning to one viewer. <laughs> Frank, Frank's mom, actually, it'll be, it'll be with Frank's phone. She's always on periscope. Always on periscope. <laughs> Frank's like, Frank's like, hey mom, what did you talk to Scott about? And he's like, oh, he, she just, he just made me beg for a Scott Fishbowl spot. <laughs> She's like, Franco, I got you a Scott Fishbowl spot. <laughs> just don't ask what I had to do. And I need I needed some cool whip. <laughs> oh, Your mom sounds delightful. She's very delightful. She's okay. very delightful. Okay. Thai food. Hmm. Wait, I don't get the question. Thai and food? Thai. Food. <laughs> I love food. I love food. <laughs> no, I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say yes, because it's kinda it's got some kick to it, right? Yeah. Yes, I do like spicy things. Yeah. You know that. Now, now I'm going like all game theory on this segment. I'm like trying mm -hmm. to think: Would he do two yeses in a row? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay in the no lane because that's what at, is at the heart of this bit is you not liking things. So it would be bad bit if it was just all things you actually liked. Game theory. Good. I have I have never eaten it, never eaten Thai food, and I don't really want to ever eat Thai really? food. No. So you like spicy things? Why? Why don't you coconut? I bet you it's because of the coconut. There's there's too many different things in there. I you know you know me. I have partition plates. But yep, I have never eaten Thai food. I don't really want to. Just too many things in there for me. I, I like my things much simpler. <laughs> I'll keep asking the adjacent thing. Do you like uh, Chinese food? No. Okay. I, was I have. Really. I have. I have tried Chinese food. But I do not like Chinese food. But yeah. when you say um, not liking a lot of things in there, like I get that with like the lo mains and stuff like that. But what about just like uh, teriyaki beef skewers? I would associate that with like a Thai place. Would you do that? The is it just the beef on a stick? Yeah, beef on a stick with maybe some like peanut sauce nearby. I could do that. Okay. I could do that. Right. So, so maybe you've convinced me to try something new if it's just that. <laughs> you got to try it, man. Well, he, well, here's what you need to do. You go to the restaurant, but you only order off of the appetizer menu, right? You're not d venturing into the to the main dishes that can be more mixed up. Hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to work you through this problem you have of enjoying delicious foods. Don't worry, Peter. Scott's never going to try it. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right, Ty, but maybe. You're just All right. To pacify me. Yes, Peter, I'll hypothetically eat the beef skewers. Frank was so offended by the fact that I've never eaten Thai food, so he left for a second. And we are going to go with carrot cake. Do I oh. like or have I ever eaten carrot cake? Man, so this this comes down to the fact that you like I, I I'm led to believe that you like frosting. Like if you like frozen Cool Whip, I feel like you like frosting. <laughs> you're gonna I, love this. Okay, now I actually think you're gonna say that you'll when you take carrot cake, you scrape off the frosting and don't eat the main part of the cake. You're really getting game theory on this. Yeah, guys, I'm a big fan. Listener, I've been trying to figure out how I can crack. Like, are you guys trying to actually figure this out, or just have like a fun segment with banter? I'm literally trying to figure this out. Fantasy douche is actually trying to figure out an algorithm for this. Right now. <laughs> I've been emailing too much with him. He's uh he's bleeding into me too much. Frank is back with us. the The question is carrot cake. Frank, no, <laughs> no. Okay, 
All right, so you didn't like cheesecake, and I've been taunting you with cheesecake pictures in, on my Twitter account. Cheesecake um, is the devil's food. Oh, it's delicious. Said oh. no one. <laughs> Said Scott. <laughs> it's disgusting. Right. So I think Mocker agreed with me, actually. But go ahead. Nathan did as well. Yeah, Nathan is the worst. Um, <laughs> you didn't like cheesecake. I'm going to say you do not like carrot cake. Although, I absolutely love I'm sorry, I love carrot cake. Close. Except I don't get I it. hate the frosting. Oh, so I had it <laughs> I scrape off the frosting. Oh, I was you, so close. I don't you get figured it. it out, Pete. You're almost there. Your algorithm is almost complete. I I do not like sugary frosting. Like even even your regular cakes, I'd rather them not have the frosting on it. I don't like sugary frosting. What if it was frozen? Like frozen. What if it was a Cool Whip topping? Yeah, I was gonna say, Scott. I, do you know what's in Cool Whip? I think I, can, <laughs> I think I can handle. It's a different flavor somehow. I don't. I can't explain it. I can handle Cool Whip, but like that sh- super sugary, buttery frosting stuff that they put on cakes and and definitely cheesecake. I I cannot take that. Wow. Does anybody yeah. else think of that Family Guy skit when they, when they hear Cool Whip? Anybody else? Whip. Oh man. All right. Cottage cheese. Oh man. This these are tough, man. I'm gonna say no. (laughs) Again. Scott's texture. Yes. And he likes cool whip frozen. So it's got like he changes the texture. He doesn't like the sweet frosting because of that texture. Pete's got so, you guys thinking now. Yes, yes. Pete brought a whole new dynamic to this game. Like, yeah, yeah, here's my... If we're looking back on recent data points, he doesn't like a lot <laughs> of stuff going on, like with the Thai food. I feel like there's a lot going on in cottage cheese. Not necessarily like flavor-wise, but just like the texture, and it can be like soupy and runny. I feel like that wouldn't jive with what Scott likes. I'm going to go no. Hmm. That's good yeah, I'm, I'm going to say no also just because of the texture. The answer is no, and for all the reasons Pete said. <laughs> yes, oh. yes. Yeah, I I will not. I, I think I've tasted it before, maybe. No, yeah, I definitely have tasted it before. But no, I do not like it. Uh-uh. We, we're going to have to quit this game if you're going to start figuring it out. you got to do one more. got to well, do one more. The, Last one. Yeah. Can I do, like, so there's the Margosian minute for MFL strategy. Could I do, like, the Pete minute for does Scott eat that strategy? <laughs> Oh, that would be I, think, perfect. I think that would be a hit. Here's here's the last one, cocktail sauce. Oh, <laughs> I'm going with yes. Yeah, I'm gonna go with yes. Earlier, I asked him if he'd be willing to dip beef skewers into a peanut butter sauce, and he said yes. So I'm just gonna try to extrapolate that and assume he isn't opposed to dipping things into cocktail sa- sauce. I'll say yes. Yeah, I'm also on the yes train here. I love cocktail sauce. It, nice. it might be it might be one of my favorite favorite kind of kinds of marinara and cocktail sauce are absolutely delicious to me, which is weird because I hate horseradish, hate horseradish, and really? that's like the main ingredient of cocktail sauce. And notice I'm saying cocktail sauce super quickly so that you can't get me saying I love cock. <laughs> no, oh, I just shit. got it. Oh. <laughs> And I think that's going to wrap it for this week's episode. Uh, thank you to Peter Overzet for uh, 
joining us this week. Uh, you can go listen to him on the Fantasy Football Comedy Hour or Fantasy Land. Uh, he's on both of them. Uh, we're still doing a listener league with the Fantasy Football Comedy Hour. There's some spots left. If you want to get in on that, please send a screenshot of an iTunes radio review for either of those two podcasts to scottfish24 on Twitter or scottfish24 at gmail.com. Uh, you know what? I we don't we can have as many people as want to sign up. I'm, I'll I'll figure something out. Uh, we do have a lot of people already. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be really fun. Um, if you have any ideas or topics you want us to discuss on a future episode, or you just want to talk about stuff that we've done on the show, let's let's have a conversation on Twitter. Use the hashtag TBRPod. And uh, make sure you go and download and subscribe to Fantasyland and Fantasy Football Comedy Hour on iTunes. They're both uh, pretty awesome shows. Uh, For Dynasty Frank and Ty Miller and Peter Overzet and myself, uh, you have a good week and enjoy the NFL Draft. Anything you guys want to say before we go? Uh, Good night and thank you very much, Peter. It was fun. A lot of fun. I appreciate it. Anytime, the Pete Minute, I'll crack the uh, What Does Scott Eat segment. You're listening. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Thanks for coming on, Peter. Of course. See you. Later.